0: seminary together. We never knew each other. We were in different classes, but, uh, but since we were there at the same time, we know what each other were taught, so he figured I might be safe and not teach any heresy. And so I'm up here, and what we're going to do is we're going to continue on in our theme of love that he has been working on this week, this month, I mean this whole month here. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, do you love God? And if you do, let's go to prayer, and you tell him why you love him. Let's go to prayer, shall we? You talk to God. Father, we confess that we don't always love you as we should, but we also confess that you're faithful to always love us. And for that reason, we gather here to worship you, for your faithfulness to us, and the love that caused you to send your son to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we could be saved and have an eternal home in heaven with you. For that reason, we give you the praise and glory that you deserve. And we pray that this morning that our service would continue to give you the honor and glory you deserve. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Okay. Now, if, if, if someone polled all the people that, you, that know you, would they say you're a loving person? What if we just asked the family and friends that know you best, what are they like? And Would they come out? Would, would loving be in there anywhere? Okay. Now, if you ask them, well, are they loving? Well, now, if you bait the question, you might get the answer, okay, that you're looking for here, but shouldn't that come out? You know, we all know the hot-headed guy with the hair trigger, you know, anger issues. What's he like? Oh, man, he's a hothead. Okay, well, they come out and say, oh, wow, they're a loving person. You're a loving person. You know, we're supposed to be loving people, aren't we? And, all of us have some success at that, I'm assuming, you know, two degrees, but is that something that's always happening in our lives? Are people always seeing the love of Christ come through us? Are we showing that to other people here? You know, since Joe's been speaking on love this month, and he says I could do anything, well, that's the safe thing is to stay on what he's talking about. That's, that's what I'm doing here. And so let me ask this question here. Uh, How would you define love? I mean, just think of, okay, quickly, what is love? You know, -hmm. know, kind of hard to do, isn't it? Because, uh, well, we can all come up with something. But does that apply every way we wish, every way we use the word love? You know, when we say we love our parents, we don't mean the same thing when we say, I love ice cream. But we use the same word, don't we? You know? And if we say we fall in love with someone, we don't mean the same love we have for our friends, do we? And so love has different definitions. And so you kind of say, well, what love are we talking about here? And I thought, well, you know, if you want to find the the the, the mm-hmm. definition of love, get a dictionary. That's the best thing to do. I got, got the Oxford English Dictionary, and you know, what better authority? could you have there? And they had two definitions for love. So one is an intense feeling of deep affection. Okay. Two, a great interest and pleasure in something. That'd be like football or ice cream, you know? Okay. All right. Neither of those covers the definition you have for your best friend, do they? Think of your best friend. Are you thinking deep affection? Uh, You know? So we've got love dictionaries right here, love definitions in a dictionary that doesn't really cover all the way we use love. You know, and unfortunately in English we use love as a euphemism or a synonym for sexual intimacy. And while two people may love each other, we also know two people can get together to have no love at all on something that's called make love. So we've cheapened the word love in our culture by using it in that manner. And we have so many songs on the radio about it, and it's not love at all that's being talked about, is it? You know? Now, if you're a romantic at heart and you're in love with somebody, you translate that into meaning love. But, you know, bad companies feel like making love has nothing to do with love. And so... We've cheapened the word love, and so if we're going to love others, we better have a good understanding. What is it we're supposed to be doing? You know, what am I supposed to do? You know, if I'm supposed to be loving others, what am I supposed to be doing? If I'm supposed to love God, you know, I got to have a better understanding. It's something I need to work at. You know, so as you probably know, Pastor Joe, he made reference in his earlier message about that there's three Greek words for love. You know, and actually there's four. Did you know, that there's a fourth one that some people try to put in there. It's called storge. And storge is a more like affection or empathy, which sounds sort of like love. But it'd be like... Uh, Someone has just gotten bad news or you're at a funeral where you go up and you you pat them on the back, you give them a hug and that type of thing. That's really what storge is all about. It can also be translated other ways. You'd be hard-pressed to find storge translated into English as love. So those people that try to put storge in there as love, myself, I say, no. Okay, so we're going to stick with the three, three versions of love we most likely have all heard about. Okay, and so first, of course, you've got Eros, which would be the god of love. You know, in the Greek mythology, his name is Eros, that's just love. And it's where we get our English word erotic, and that has to do with the romantic physical side of love. And that word is never used in the New Testament, even though the Bible is very clear that the concept of physical love is, is, is clearly communicated. In the scripture, as a part of a marital relationship, something that takes place only between a husband and a wife. Okay, so it, it is, the concept is there, even though the word is never used, it is there. Then we have Philos, you know, where we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Why do they call it that? Because Phila, love, Delphia, brother. Okay, it's the city of brotherly love. And that's your love you would have for your best friend. Uh, it's probably closer to the love that you would have for your brother. Of your real brother, okay, you know, your sister or something like that, a relative. It's not a romantic love type thing, but it is a love, just as you have love for people that you have no romantic interest in, but you love them, you know, and so you have that word. And uh, Jesus, he used this word when he referred to uh, his friend Lazarus, it was, he died in chapter 11 of the gospel of john you know philos is the love that when you see love there you know, he loved lazarus that's the love this word is being used there and also uh, when he talked about uh, loving his disciples in john chapter 20 he uses that word also he uses agape love a lot when he talks about his disciples also but there is a time he does refer to them as uh, i love you guys as brothers too you know and so so you have that kind of love and we need to be showing that kind of love you know to people and then, then we so we have romantic love. We got the brotherly love, and so, of course, then you've got agape. That's the one that if you've been around Christianity and church as much, you've probably heard agape love, the highest form of love. And all this the way that they're, it's explained to you, it's in a sacrificial unconditional love, and they always say it's the highest form of love, which now it is the highest form of love. Now, now what you probably don't know is that in the Corne Greek, in the Greek times of Jesus' day, agape was rarely used at all, because how many people ever exhibited this kind of love to each other? You know? Now, Now, to give you an example, agape love, Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, when he voluntarily lets lets, uh, Darth Vader strike him down so all the others can escape, there was the example of agape love. That would be how they would use that in the Greek language. It was a very noble sacrificial thing that had nothing to do with, you know, does Ben love Luke or Chewbacca the most? Doesn't matter, he's doing it so they all can escape, okay? He dies for them, okay? So, there's that. There's the agape love, but it wasn't used very often uh, in regular vernacular of the Greek. It was out there, but it was not popular. It certainly wasn't viewed as the highest form of love. We get the view of the highest form of love because of how we see it used in the New Testament and how the emphasis that it has on this is the kind of love that God has for us. And when you see how it is explained over and over and demonstrated and illustrated and everything else, you see that this is a tremendous amount of love. You look at the God Almighty's comes there, takes on flesh and blood, and then dies for a sinful world that cares less about him. Is that that unconditional? That is unconditional. Is that sacrificial? It's definitely sacrificial. Okay, and so we see that when he talks about look at agape love, of course now we see that's, that's a much higher love than some of the superficial stuff that we have going on in our society that we're calling love. And even it's higher than your brotherly love you have, because we have a lot of, good friends that we love, are we going to die for them? Now some of us we might, maybe for, you go down your list of your best friends, you get down to about number four, and you go, well, probably not for him, (laughs) okay, but maybe those top two, somewhere it kind of drops off as you go down your list of friends. Okay, so the agape love here, sacrificial, so this highest form of love that that we call agape comes from our study of the New Testament on how it's used, and how we see the emphasis of how great a sacrifice God made for us who deserve nothing. You know, there's nothing that says God has to save anybody. We're all, what, worthy of punishment. We've all earned punishment. And then he doesn't have to save anyone. He doesn't have to demonstrate mercy. He doesn't have to demonstrate grace. God chooses to do so. And make these sacrifices for us. And this is agape love. So when we talk about having agape love, we're talking about some, yeah, that's some really deep, now we see higher forms of love here. (coughs) Notice here that agape love has nothing to do with feelings. Because we all, do you feel loving today? why don't you love people? Because I don't feel like I'm loving anybody right now. Where's my coffee? You know, that type of thing. You know, when I feel like it, I'll get around to loving somebody. Well, that's a, aren't you glad God didn't take that approach? Because how does God feel about sinful mankind? Let's get, get honest here. He looks down at sinful mankind, and is he thinking, mushy, feeling, affectionate terms, and goes, oh, man, I think I'll save these people. No. He's looking down at these people need to be blasted off the earth and put into hell, but I'm going to love them anyway and provide a way they can be saved so that I can have a loving relationship for all eternity with these people, but my righteous uh, justice has been satisfied, the penalty has been paid, we no no longer will have the barrier that sin has caused between us. We can get that barrier removed so that we can have this love relationship that you and your sin has caused. I am going to solve the sin problem so that we can have the love relationship. And this is what God has done for us in making this sacrificial love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. There it is. There's the sacrifice. And why do you do that? Not because he felt like it, he chose to do this for us. Whoever believes shall not perish. Isn't that wonderful? If you just believe, you will not end up in hell, you will not be punished you would be forgiven and welcomed into His presence. You know, we're, we're not in His presence right now because we still live in a sinful state. We're still sinful people with a sinful nature that we battle against. And God long ago said He's not putting up with that and removed Himself from planet Earth. Because He's not going to strive with sinful mankind, you know. We, we, we fail to recognize how holy holiness is. And that's why God can't be around sinful mankind. It's so offensive to him, even though he loves us. We all have people, probably most of us, have people in our lives. We love them, but God bless them. You can't stand to be around them, you know, because of the way they are. Or you can't be around them very long because they're just the way they are. And that's God in us, toward us. He goes, they are so sinful that I'm not going to... I and my Holiness do not have to tolerate that. And He has a right. We, how about that? We're giving God rights. God has the right, you know, to say, "I'm not going to tolerate that." You know He is the Creator. He makes the rules, but He so loved the world, and he doesn't love them because he suddenly had intense pleasure for them or affection for them. He does so because He chooses to love us anyway. And when we talk about your love others, it has nothing to do, well, they're this way or that way. No, it doesn't matter how they are. Love them. He chooses to love us anyway, so we need to choose to love other people anyway. You know, well, it's hard. Well, yeah, that's hard. It's not impossible. God never asks us to do something we can't do. So whoever it is you think you can't love, you're wrong. You can doesn't mean you have to like them. Like them's where the feelings come in. You don't have to like them. God doesn't like most of the things we do. But He still loves us, doesn't He? He loves us. Now, we are commanded to exercise the same kind of love that God has. And Jesus quotes this command from God in Mark, let's see, Mark 12. We'll get it up on there. Here's our first, we finally got to our first verse. <laughs> Mark 12, this is a, I use the New American Standard, I know Joe uses a different translation, so you guys are used to his, or going, oh this is a little bit different. Okay, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. What he's doing, he's quoting the Old Testament passage, now it's in Greek so we got agape in there. Okay, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. You shall love, notice that's not, I hope you will do this. You shall, that's a command. You shall love. So, it has nothing to do with how you feel. You are to love God. That's it. Now, same way when you talk about loving others. It's a command. It is a command here. It doesn't say you love God when you start feeling like you love, you know. You should love God even in your most miserable times. Even when you are disappointed in God, when He did not answer your prayer the way you wanted it to go... Are you going to sulk and stay away from God? Don't go to church on Sunday. Quit reading my Bible. Well, you weren't reading it anyway. Anyway, so anyway, we we take revenge against God in our own little subtle ways because we're mad at him and we don't feel like loving him. When if you want to get over this being mad at God, start loving back. When Cain slew Abel, before Cain slew Abel and he was all upset, God went to him and said, "If you do right." Will not your countenance be lifted? Won't your attitude change if you'll just do what is right? When you guys have a bad attitude about something and you don't feel like doing it, well, go do it anyway, and then you'll figure out. How many of you have gone to church when that you did not want to go? Now, it, oh, half of you're honest. Okay, all right. And then how many of you, after you went, were glad you went? Yeah, there we go. There we get some honesty. All right, all right, okay. See, you did what was right, and you felt better afterwards. And that works on all things. Do what is right, and you will feel better. Quit, or start plotting to get back at people, that's even worse, okay? Do what is right, and then you will feel better, okay? But don't wait till you feel right. You know, just do it. Oh, I've got to love this person. That means I don't, I don't retaliate. I don't do you know, all these other things you want to do. Don't do those. Do what is right. And so, you do this stuff regardless of how you feel. Now, you know, the next verse, you know, whether you're going to love God, well, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There it is again, shall, neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. You know, if you just worked on your love for God and love for other people, most of your sin issues would would dissipate because you're focusing on loving people rather than serving your sinful desires. Just do that. You know, we struggle to live for Christ and to, to walk for the Lord here. We, There's so many things i got to work on. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But make these your primary focus and you'll discover you don't get distracted by all the other stuff. Because I'm too focused on doing what God said to you, loving Him and then loving other people. If you just do those two, you'll be surprised how much the other stuff will just fade away because it doesn't have your attention anymore. Your attention now is focused on the things God wants you to do, and that's these two greatest commandments to love unconditionally to love people sacrificially, which means sometimes you've got to put aside what you want to do and help out the other person or do whatever it is or just pass it up. you don't get to do that you know that's all, that's I always call it regretful love you know. I'm going to do it, but man. You know, I'm going to miss out doing whatever it was I'd rather do, but I know this would be the better thing to do to show them love. And God, you know, a week from now it won't matter, will it? It's that I didn't get to go do whatever it was. But it may matter a whole lot on that person you showed the love to. And it definitely brings glory to God. He said, if I ask you, are you bringing glory to God with your life? Don't you hate questions like that? Who, you know? Well, are you loving people? You know, recognize it that when when I'm doing something that glorifies God, well, thank you, Lord, that you gave me the ability to even do this. You know, if you go back a certain number of years, especially prior to you coming to faith, you never would have thought about doing something for the love of God. Everything was about who yourself you know you serve yourself so your feelings are not a part of love and that's the one thing you got to get past is I don't feel like it well that's the first signal that then all right then I need to do it anyway it's like taking out the garbage or worse yet cleaning out the cat box whoever wants to clean the cat box you know if you had to wait till you felt like cleaning it Somebody would be in trouble with the rest of the family. <laughs> you do it anyway. You do it anyway. In John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Okay, we've got love in others. We've got loving God. And, and, and this comes up repeatedly, doesn't it, in the Scripture, how we need to love other people, it comes up more often than telling us to love God. Because we don't argue with loving God most of the time. We'll argue with, you got to love so-and-so. Well, so-and-so is a jerk. Yeah, well, yeah, love them anyway. You know, a lot of us work with people who are not very lovable. And how are you showing love to them? I just avoid them. Well, there's a good plan. Yeah. Thou shalt love everyone except the ones you don't like and avoid those so you don't have to love them. Okay? No, you got to love them. Okay? Maybe if you start loving that jerk, he won't be a jerk so much anymore. Because believe it or not, even the jerks recognize they're being jerks and you're still being nice to them. And it puzzles them. You know? And then they test it by being a bigger jerk. And then you got to. Test your love for them (laughs) and still love them back. Who's going to win this battle? As long as you keep loving. You know, they're not going to eventually pull out an axe and cut your head off. They're eventually going to back off and whatever. You know, they're going to, okay, you're not so bad after all. That's the greatest compliment you're ever going to get from that jerk. You're not so bad after all. And then they'll say something rude again, okay? But, But recognize that you made some headway. You made some headway with them. And maybe, just maybe, you'll win a friend. Maybe they'll want to know, how can you be this way when I'm such a jerk to you? See, testimony time. And you can tell them, and God loves you even more. I struggle sometimes to love people. God never does. You know, and that's what the God has those jerk people that you don't want to love. Well, he loves them anyway. So be like God. Do this. It is a command to do this. So we have, most of us spend our time avoiding sins of commission. That would be where thou shalt not steal. Well, I don't steal. Okay, and thou shalt not do whatever, you know. But what about obeying the thou shalt's? Those are sins of omission. When you don't love other people, That's a sin of omission. I am just not doing it. I omit that from my life. And we don't ever think about, well, how many things are we supposed to be doing that we're just not doing? Not the avoid the sin things. How many things are we supposed to be doing to the glory of God that we just don't ever get around to doing? Because I'm so busy making sure I don't steal. Now, how many of us every day have to really wrestle with that? We're proud of it. Some of us still wrestling with it, okay? Quit taking those pencils from work, okay? Anyway, you've got to work at these things, too. What is it God wants me to do that I'm not doing? Loving others. Dare I say it. <clears throat> being a witness to a lost world. And a witness is not just a lifestyle. The Mormons have a better lifestyle than you do. And I don't even know you. Okay, so if you want a good lifestyle, they're going to look at Mormons. You've got to tell them why you live the way you do. you got to tell them the reason. Or you maybe should be a good moral person. Because being a witness for Christ means Christ is mentioned <laughs> out here. Okay, And if you're never doing that, then that's a sin of omission. Because we are commanded to what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's all of us. That's not just the 12 disciples, or 11. Add 12 in the Acts. Now you got 12 again. It's for all of us. Okay, sins of omission. Loving God is loving others. That's part of the one that we struggle with, that we need to consciously go, this is something I need to be doing. Quit Worrying about all the things I need to quit doing. Well, some of you need to look at those too, okay? Quit doing the obvious sins, and now work on the things that he says, now go do this. Go do this. Go love people. Go love people here. And so. Has nothing to do with how you feel. I'm just, I just got to decide I'm going to do this. And it'll be hard. and you will be tested anytime you tell the Lord, I'm going to start doing whatever. Don't you know? You get constant trials. If you ever prayed for patience, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, here it comes. You want it more? Yeah, I want to have more patience where well, everything under the sun hits you that challenges you not to be patient. Okay, I want to be more loving. Well, guess what? Same thing. Here comes all the unlovable people in your life. Are you going to love them now? You, you prayed about it. You told God you want to. Listen, Do you really want to? Or did you just try to fool God into thinking, well, if I told God I'm trying to love people, he'll understand. He'll understand you said that. But are you doing it? Are you trying to do it? Are you praying about it? Are you asking him to help you in this? Because you're going to need his help <laughs> to love some people. And the good thing is that He's enabled you to be able to do this. He's given you the the ability to do this. Now, we're to love each other. And we're also supposed to what? We're supposed to love our enemies. Oh, don't you hate that one? You heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, you shall love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, your enemies. Now, we think about enemies. Who are our enemies? Uh, Russia. China, the Muslim world, people you never encounter is what we're talking about now. how I many those are running into Chinese people and Russians and terrorists. That's not talking about political national enemies. it's talking about people who oppose you. and we don't use the word enemy on them necessarily. Sometimes we need to look at other translations you know to get a better idea, you know because you know enemy we immediately go, yeah, okay, I'll love my enemy. If If I ever run across a a group of communists, I'll I'll love them anyway, okay? But we get a different translation here. And for Christmas, I got given uh, something called the Pirate Bible. Here's your Pirate Bible. Arr, you heard the saying, love your neighbor and despise your nemesis. Arr, I be telling you, me hearties, show love to your foes, bless them to curse you, do good to them to despise you, offer up a prayer to them what persecutes you. It's a real Bible. (laughs) All right, now we laugh at it. It's a lot of fun to read. But what is your enemy here? Let's clarify this. What is your enemy here? Do good to those who despise you and offer up a prayer to them that bug you, that oppose you, that persecute you. We all have people in our lives like that. Okay, you don't pick up on that when you say enemy, do you? Okay, even though it's a funny translation and all this stuff, it sure clarifies it for you. Who are we talking about here? We're not talking about Russians or terrorists. We're talking about these people right here. You know, the people that don't like you and make a point of letting you know that. Don't you love those people? You're supposed to, okay? you got to love those people that don't like you. And that's what it says. Those that, that oppose you, that persecute you. That doesn't. Persecution doesn't always mean... That they're after you because of your faith. Persecution is they're opposed to you and they're attacking you for whatever it is you stand for. They're against you. Okay? But Pirate Bible, fun Bible to read, by the way. Now, you get into uh, prophecy like Isaiah, it's not nearly as much fun. That's Because that's where I'm at right now. So, that's not as much fun. But this, the Gospels are a lot of fun to read. Okay? Especially if you know your Bible. If you don't know your Bible, you may be scratching your head going, What? Okay. But anyway, fun Bible, fun Bible. Okay, moving on here, okay? Now, you're supposed to love your enemies. These people that are that don't like you and bug you and and irritate you and oppose you. You know, you you know, in the work world. I used to work in the real world, okay? There's always somebody at work that that for whatever reasons never wants to cooperate with you. You know, and they, if they can make it hard on you at work, they will. Subtly or blatantly, they'll do that. And they make it no, they don't make it any secret. They really don't like you. Okay. We all put up with those people. We got to show love to these people anyway. We got to show love to them anyway. And that's hard to do here. And you say, I don't know if I can do this, you know? You know, that I'm supposed to. Just start loving people because God said to. Yep, that's exactly right. You're supposed to love people because God said to, you know. And how am I going to do this, you know? Well, the good news is there is that, that God has enabled you to do this. If you've been saved, if you've been born again in Christ, you're a new person in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit that dwells within you, and that is a power that you can tap into is the Holy Spirit who can enable you to do things you never thought you could do. Some of you have testimonies in your own, own lives where you got to talk to somebody, and that conversation went somewhere that you never knew was going to go. And, and it's just like the, the Bible verses kept coming out, and it was just like God was talking through me. Bingo, Holy Spirit at work, people. Okay, but God has said. He's got help here for you. Our hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in, within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit who dwells within us. His, what, notice that what's been poured out here? You know, the love of God has been poured out into your heart. All you have to do is release it. It's there. Don't say, I can't do it. Okay, maybe you can't, but the love of God in you can. And you control how much you release of that. You control how much you love people. Nobody else does. You are in total control of that. And God knows it. And that's why he says, love other people. The same way when he says, love me too. You control how much you love. Nobody else does. And he has enabled you to love beyond what you could have done on your own. Loving in your own power is hard to do. But you can love in the power of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, by just yielding. He wants you to do it. Okay, let me love this person. Put aside my own, and I'll be nice. Okay, there's a start. Be nice, okay? Be nice. And you can love them. You can do it. And maybe you need to pray about it again, because you're not used. See, we're not used to yielding our lives to the power of the Holy Spirit that's within us. I mean, how many, how many of you think every day about, I need to, Lord, work through me today? Speak through me today, Lord. Change the way I'm thinking, right? You know, let me, I'm, I'm not thinking right right now with God. You ever have that conversation? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm arguing with God. I, am I the only one that does that? You know, yeah, arguing with God, you know, trying to convince him that I shouldn't have to do whatever it is because of whatever reason, okay, because I'm trying to avoid doing what he's commanding. And I need to recognize that's sin when I'm doing that. I'm blatantly digging my heels in and trying to convince him to say, well, that's okay. I understand you're having a rough day today. So, go be a jerk. We'll talk about it tomorrow, okay? That's not how God operates, okay? You know, God has given us what kind of love? This agape love. You know, we just need to let it out and show it to people. First John 3.18 says, Little children, let us not love with word or tongue but in deed and in truth. You know, talk is cheap, isn't it? You know, we all know people that talk good talk, but you watch their lives and it's, you don't believe a word of it because look at how they live. Look at how they treat you. Don't you hate it when you hear somebody say, well, I I love you, and you go, there's nothing you've ever shown toward me that I could ever thought of as love. Because they're going to follow that with some chewing out <laughs> or, or slamming you or whatever. I love you, but i got to tell you, and then they're going to lay it out on you. And I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing the love. I'm hearing it, but I'm not seeing it. So we are the love not just with our mouth. That doesn't mean never tell somebody you love them. What he's saying there is don't limit your love to talk. you got to do it. you got to live it. you got to show love. How do you demonstrate love? How do you know somebody loves you? Think of somebody that loves you. Is it because they told you they love you? That may have helped a little bit. But is it, the reason you believe that right now, is it because they told you one time they loved you? Or is it because the way they treat you, the way they demonstrate their love to you by all the things that they do for you and, and towards you? Love is action. Aren't you glad God's love was just words? Picture this. God's love with no action. What would that be? We'd still be on the road to hell with no, no way to be saved. It's just all talk. No action. So we've got to have action behind our words. Okay, We have to have sincerity behind what we do. That's the truth part of it, where our actions demonstrate that we really love you. Doesn't mean I like everything you do, but I love you. That's the truth. Actions, and then the actions prove it's true. So the words of love are verified by your actions. That demonstrates the love that you have for others. That's how God's demonstrated His love for us. You know. So you gotta say, okay, all right, get you, Mike. Gotta go out and love people. So what are you gonna do? It's going to be mushy, you know? What are you going to do, okay? And Pastor Joe's very first message he put up there, the 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that whole list of things. What does love look like? What does it look like when it's in action here? So there it is. When love is in action, this is what it looks like. And this isn't the only list. You could probably come up with some other things on there, but that's a pretty good list already. So if you can master that one, don't worry about the rest of them, all right? Okay, but there it is. If I'm going to think of that person that's hard to love, what do you got to do toward that person? I got to be patient. I got to be kind. I got not be jealous. You've been at work with a person that was hired after you, got promoted before you? I had that happen. That's a time to get jealous. Jealousy isn't strictly about love jealousy, love does not brag, okay? Are you bragging about yourself to people? Don't you love being around braggarts? Isn't that enjoyable? Sit there and listen to somebody brag on themselves. All right. Does not brag. Is not arrogant. Oh, man, the pride issue. That hurts. Okay. If you're going to be loving towards somebody, you can't be arrogant toward them. Good grief. That's anything but love, is being arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. In other words, being a jerk, okay? You can't be that around them. Does not seek its own. You can't put yourself first and love people. That's loving you instead of them. It's loving yourself over them. And there isn't any commandment, thou shalt love yourself over everybody else, okay? Does not seek its own. So you've got to put others first. Sometimes you've got to sacrifice. That's where the sacrificial part comes in. Love is not provoked. Are you easily angered? Are you easily offended? Okay, you gotta cut that out. You gotta get a leather skin. You know, yeah, the words hurt, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna rise up and smack you now because of it, or, or flare up back at you, cuss you out because you got cussed out. Well, it was fair exchange, wasn't it? It's not provoked here. It does not take into account of a wrong suffered. Boy, you hold things against people because they did whatever. Last week or 25 years ago? Are you still holding that against them? Got to let that go. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Oh, we all do this. When the jerk finally gets his, ha, <laughs> yes. You know, it finally caught up with him. Oh, man, are we happy about that, you know? Oh, then we tell him, oh, so sorry to hear about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> great, it's great, great. Okay, all right you got to stop that, okay? All right? Now, it's, sometimes it's funny and you got to laugh. Okay, you laugh. But then you got to say, but in reality, would you want that to happen to you? So let's not rejoice on it happening to him, okay? Rejoice is with the truth. You know, sometimes the truth hurts and we don't rejoice with it. Sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. And sometimes we don't want to be reminded of the truth. Sort of like that, you should be a witness every day for the Lord. We don't want to be reminded of that. Good grief. You know, rejoices with the truth, bears all things. We'll just say you put up with a lot. Okay? You got to put up with a lot of stuff. Okay? Believes all things. This doesn't mean that I just believe anything that comes down the pike. No, no. It means that you're not skeptical about everything that comes out of somebody's mouth. Okay? You're trusting, okay? Until they give you a reason not to trust, you're gonna trust. Okay, some of us are not willing to trust anybody because we've been burned by somebody we that we cared about or whatever, and now we hate everybody. Okay, we don't believe anyone because one person somewhere did something horrible and now it has affected us in our relationships with everybody, even with God, because we don't trust God either because of it. Okay. You've got to be trusting believes all things, hopes all things. I'm going to hope that my, my loving you is going to make a difference in your life. And even if it doesn't make a difference in your life, it brings glory to God. Nobody else recognizes it. The Heavenly Hosts recognize it. That's the whole story of Job. Job goes through everything, never knows why, but the Heavenly Host is watching, not to mention Satan and all of his cronies, to watch this guy that never turns against God sometimes your only thing is, is that God's the only one that says look down there at my child nobody else notices but I do and sometimes you've got to be content with that that you know you did what was right and you know that God will see it and he will be pleased but you hope all things is that I'm making a difference somewhere and you are making a difference but you don't have to see it to know that and that's the thing I get so frustrated with I don't see God using me. Are you being used? Well, I don't do this, that, and the other. Okay, are you doing it to the glory of God? Yes. Why do you have to see the results? So that's a good question. Why do I have to see the results? So that I, what, be motivated to continue to, to obey? Do I have to see results to, be, to continue to obey God? That missionary that's serving wherever he is for 20 years and never sees one convert, what keeps him motivated? Because God says, go and share the gospel with the whole world. And that's what he does. The results are in his hands. You know, unfortunately, a lot of results happen after you die. So you don't ever see them while you're in this life, you find out about them when you get up there. You, know, you, you never knew that, that that your testimony that was passed down by your grandchild to their children made a difference in their lives that made them consider things about God and Christ, all because they told a story about their grandfather. Because you made a difference in their life, and the impact didn't happen for 67 years. And you're long gone. No, So recognize when I'm doing things for the Lord, God does not waste what we do. He's using it to His glory whether you see it or not. Because the glory is for Him, not for you. So, we hope all things, okay? We hope all things here. And then, endures all things. You ride it out. We're enduring this life on this planet. Hopefully, we're having a good time sometimes. But if you're not having a good time, that's part of life on the planet here. And that should not rob you of your love should never rob you of your love for people. You go through horrible times, you endure it. And so, these things are not easy to do. You're looking at this list, and if you're like me, you're going to admit, yeah, I'm not very good at all of them. (laughs) Okay. Uh, At least two or three of them. I'm I'm, I'm better at some than others, but... uh, I can improve in all of them. All right, uh, I need to work on these things here. So, here's what I'd like for you to do. I want you to pick two of them. Just look, there you go, it's easier, now your list. Pick two of those and say, Lord, help me do better in these two areas, because you do that whole list, that's too overwhelming, you can't remember it anyway. Pick two of those and say, I need to do better at those. And if you're not sure which two you are and you're married, ask your wife. She can sure tell you real quick, all right? Okay, which two you need to work on, okay? (laughs) Let me know. know. Husbands, you just say you're loving, darling, and let it go. But wives, you can go ahead and let him have it. Okay, Uh, pick two of those and make this, now seriously, make this a prayer before God if you're going to pick whichever one you want you know, and, and quit looking for the easy one, all right? <laughs> well, pick an easy one and pick a hard one. Do that. Okay, but take two of these is what I want you to do, all right? And then we're going to have a time of prayer, and you're going to ask God, and don't ask God just to get through the services so you can get to lunch, okay? Talk to God. Is that I know I'm not good at this. would And I really need to do better if I'm going to love people. And I need your help. And I need to consciously make an effort here. And I want you to remind me, Spirit of God, to work on these things until you start seeing improvement. And count on it. If you have a sincere prayer, this week you're going to be challenged in these areas to practice that. This week. If you make that prayer, unless you are in a coma. all week long and then we'll let you off. Okay. But has everybody got two of them picked? All right. And you can keep your eyes open looking at the screen. God can pray can still hear your prayers. Because if you're like, what was it again? It's okay. You can still pray and be looking at the screen. Let's go to the Lord and seriously, don't play games with Him. Pick two. Because we always say, I want to be changed. I want to be a better Christian. Well here's your time. Pick two and do that. So let's go to the Lord prayer. I'm not going to be talking. Pick your two. Tell God about it. Talk to him. Heavenly Father, I look at this list and I'm overwhelmed. And I confess I fall so short in all these areas that it's it's almost, feel defeated just looking at what you want me to do to love others. But these are the things you've called us to do. These are the things you've enabled us to do. And this church family has presented before you things they want to work on. We pray for your help. For all of us, that we could love better, whichever thing that we picked out and we talked to you about, that this week we would see some victory in these areas, that we could love better. We live in a dark world that sees so little love from anybody, even from church people. But we need to make a difference, Lord. Start with us. Start with us here in Tahlequah, that we could be a little brighter light of love to a lost community, and may you get the glory, God, for what you're going to do in our lives. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Hillside Church family, let us not word, uh, love, let us not love with word or tongue, but with deed and truth. Go out and find somebody to love.